Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. All right. Well, there's a variety of stories here to cover, some of it good, some of it absolutely horrific. But before I get into that, I want to briefly make a quick mention about Amazon. I've finished another book here, um, roughly my eighth, and in an attempt to upload it to Amazon, within approximately two hours, they immediately said that it broke their terms of service. I'm not surprised by that. So I've uploaded it to Barnes & Noble uh, online through their independent publishing outlet, and we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, one of the things I think that Amazon is doing is they are clearly not only using, not algorithms, but they'll take a manuscript and they'll run it through sort of a word search to see what words pop up. And if there's a variety of words that pop up that they don't like, regardless of how frequently they pop up, they're just going to say that your manuscript breaks our terms of service and we're not interested. Uh, so they're clearly censoring, you know, the, the words like COVID, mask wearing, specific names of people, a number of different things. So that doesn't surprise me. The part that I think that is even worse beyond that is that it's evident that now they're going straight for the reference section of a book. And they're using this particular guideline that they've created just within the last few months that essentially says, if your work is easily found on the internet, then it can't exist inside of a book. Which means, even if you're referencing something accurately, or you're quoting a particular article, whether it be an academic article or something else, an editorial, whatever, whatever it may be, they're not interested in publishing any work that furthers that work or even references that work. They also don't want you referencing websites. And if anybody's curious, back in the day, referencing a website, in particular in the 90s and even early 2000s, referencing a website was considered sort of frowned upon. People didn't want to do that. Um, they both didn't want to do it. They were told it wasn't a, a viable reference within a book or a manuscript. And as it turns out now, it is a viable reference. In both APA for format, Chicago style, it doesn't matter the format that you're using, but it, it is a viable reference to use a website as a reference. In particular, when there's no author specifically associated with it, you can still use a website as an address. So the point there is, is that Amazon is going after websites that you may link within your books because they, again, don't want you to educate your reader further on content that does exist on the internet. So I'm going to throw out this little hack, and I'm not advocating for this per se, but I it would be interesting to see if this worked. And I'm not doing this with this particular book, but it would be interesting to see if an individual just flat out plagiarized everything that they had referenced accurately within their book. If they went back in their manuscript and they just said, you know what? I'm just going to add, I'm going to take away the quotations. I'm not going to italicize anything, and I'm not even going to give credit to the authors who actually wrote or referenced what it was that I was referencing in my book. I'm just going to claim that it's all mine, and then what I'm going to do is, is delete the entire reference section. 
and do that just in the interest of getting factual information out to the public? Would the, would the book then pass their terms of services? I think that would be an interesting little test to do. I'm not going to run that test, but if somebody's interested in doing that through the, the Kindle Direct Publishing Services and their self-publishing outlet there on Amazon, that would be an interesting little, little trick maybe. Uh, again, you, you, you may even have to take words like COVID or mask wearing and give them different names. Uh, mockery names or, what, or whatever you want so that their, their little system doesn't pick up on what those words are. It really is a sad state of affairs in this country when you have to censor yourself and even make up fake names in an attempt to make workarounds for their, uh, you know, their, their digital security systems where they run a manuscript, your, your manuscript through their machine, and then it picks up on particular things or particular writing habits or words or names or references or whatever it may be. So I think it's absolutely awful, but that's my, uh, I don't know, that's my $3 on, uh, on Amazon. So with that aside, a little, some good news here. I mentioned earlier in a previous episode that the West Virginia legislature was was going for the throat of critical race theory, which is a good thing, and they were pushing forth legislation to basically get rid of it and make it illegal, not just within schools, but within workplace environments as well. It seems that Iowa now is doing the same. So this too comes from Chris Ruffo's web, uh, not website, but Twitter account. It says, breaking Iowa state legislature introduces a bill to ban critical race theory programs that traffic in racial stereotyping and collective guilt. The beauty of this legislation is that it would equally prohibit the old-style racism of the Klan and the new-style racism of critical race theory. So I'm going to read through just the two pages that he has linked here. House Study Bill 258 introduced a bill for one, two, three, four points here, or four lines rather, an act providing for requirements related to racism or sexism trainings at and diversity and inclusion efforts by school districts and public post-secondary educational institutions, be it enacted by the General Assembly of the State of Iowa. And then there's one section here with eight subsections. So it says section one, 261H.7 Race and Sex Stereotyping Training by Institution Prohibited. For purposes of this section, unless the context otherwise requires divisive concepts, which I mentioned in that previous legislation. Again, and you know, a little subnote here. This is the interesting part about the West Virginia Bill. The West Virginia Bill can easily be copied and picked up by any state. Just cut and paste the entire thing. Say it's yours. Who knows? Give credit to West Virginia and say, hey, thanks, West Virginia. Now we're going to use your same bill, and, and we're just going to repeat it. And just repeat it over and over again. Just keep doing it from state to state. Because uh, here's this word again, divisive concepts again in quotes. Includes all of the following. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. It says that one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex, that the United States of America and the state of Iowa are fundamentally racist or sexist. So again, it's getting rid of all of these things. It's getting rid of any instruction that has to do or believes in any of these particular points. 
Three, that an individual by virtue of their individual's race or sex is inherently or systematically racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. Well, thank God for that. Number four, uh, that an individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment solely or partially because of the individual's race or sex. Point five, that members of one race or sex cannot be and should not attempt to treat others without respect or rate to race or sex. Six, that an individual's moral character is necessarily determined by the individual's race or sex. Seven, that an individual, by virtue of the individual's race or sex, bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. And then point eight, which is the last one he has here, uh, although I'm sure it's much longer. Quote, that any individual should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of the individual's race or sex. Yeah. So just keep cutting and pasting these uh, these bills. That's all. I, I, you know, I'm not a lawyer, not a representative, but I don't see it as being a difficult thing to simply cut and paste a bill or a bill proposal and then use it yourself within your own state or local government. Uh, by all means, go for it. So there's that. The next thing I wanted to play here is a very disturbing audio from the Los Angeles Unified School District. And it's a video. I'm just going to briefly describe kind of what's in the cartoon here. And it is a cartoon, approximately uh, a minute and a half long or so. But it's a cartoon that has children within this school district. It seems to be either a proposal or something that's already happening. But it causes the students to, or forces the students to, take a daily questionnaire on their own personal health status. And then they are printed out a QR code that basically says that they're allowed inside of the school and that their health is just fine. And then this QR code, again, follows them around all day long, and then maybe they have to come back the very next day and do the exact same thing over again. It is a barcode for your child, for their own health, on a daily basis. This is a nightmare, to say the least. So I'm going to play the audio here. Here we go. There's never been anything like this virus in our lifetime. Often, it's hard to see the effects it's having on our children. Has this conversation taken place in your home? Mom, I'm scared about going back to school. I don't want to get sick, and I don't want to get you and Dad sick. Our scientists tell us there are three things we must do to stay safe. Wear masks, make sure we social distance, and wash our hands. And now, your school, with the help of Microsoft Corporation, has created another. Introducing Daily Pass, your exclusive ticket for safely going back to school. Each week, you can schedule your free on-campus COVID test. The results are displayed in your Daily Pass. And if you choose to take your test off campus, you can post the results in your Daily Pass. And the moment vaccinations are available, you'll simply be able to schedule yours through your Daily Pass. But the real magic is your daily health check. Just answer a few simple health questions every day, and like magic, your entrance ticket appears. Welcome back! 
Welcome to school. So, how did it go? Dad, I have to admit, I was scared at first, but then I felt so safe. It was so good to be back. Thanks for keeping me safe. I love you so much. Okay. So, what the video is showing, and if you're interested in checking it out, it's uh, on Kanakoa's Gab account. It's also on my Gab account. It was originally on his. I just reposted it onto mine. So American Education FM on Gab if you're interested in watching it. Um, yikes. So Raquel Ramirez gets to go to school after having uh, taking a self a self examination of a questionnaire on how she's feeling. First of all, who in the hell? I mean, I can't. <laughs> This is just is so funny from the very beginning of this thing. I mean, can, think about it from the top. And think about it from the perspective of a child who doesn't want to go to school. All the child has to do, I mean, all they have to do, is just answer the questions in the negative. Yes, I have COVID. Yes, I feel sick. Yes, I feel nauseous. That's all they have to do. And then what do they have to do? Print off this QR code. And then do what? Have one person scan it, which, by the way, the first person who scans these alleged QR codes in this cartoon is a bus driver. Welcome to school! So they... <laughs> Welcome to the bus! So they scan their QR code before they even get onto the bus. You know, like a bus pass for healthy people. But again, who's going who's gonna to take the QR code to the to the bus stop and have a bus driver scan it if the child prints it off purposefully answering in the negative all of the time I, I, they clearly haven't thought this out as to as to who what kind of person is actually going to be participating in this nonsense and and that may be part of the part of their plan part of their plan may to make maybe to make this so absurd that people don't go to school at all but that teachers and administrators still get paid. I, I cannot emphasize enough the level of criminality and stupidity that's wrapped up in this entire thing. So let's assume for a minute that they actually run through this whole thing accurately and they're actually willful participants in this nonsense. They take the questionnaire online. They print out their QR code. Yep, they're healthy. Great. They get on the bus. The bus driver scans it. They're healthy, great. Welcome to the bus. And then they get off the bus, and then they're standing in a line outside of school where somebody else scans it. Welcome to school. And then they keep walking on through. Well, how many times throughout the course of the day are they going to have it scanned? Does that even matter? I, I No, none of this matters. It's just ridiculous. So I just, I mean, beyond that, uh, and, they, and I assume, I mean, I assume that the expectation is that this has to happen every single day, that every single day they answer questions about whether or not they're healthy or not. Now, who's, who, who's the technology company 
that's partnering with the Los Angeles Unified School District to engage in this nonsense? That's right, Microsoft. They say so in the video. Microsoft. So what are they going to do with your data? What are they going to do with your name, address, any other personal information that you pump in before checking all the boxes that you're either healthy or that you're dying? And then you get your QR code. What are they going to do with that? What are they going to do with all that information? Well, we know what they're going to do with that information. They're simply going to sell it or just give it away to a foreign country because that's what they do with content all of the time. This is nuts. Um, this is communism. They know it because they are communists. That's the way that this goes. That's, that's exactly what this is. It's beyond alarming. Somebody needed another reason to homeschool. I, I would say that's, that's about it. Um, this next story, again, it really doesn't even require any analysis whatsoever. It comes from the Gateway Pundit, and it's titled, Another Leftist Hypocrite, Berkeley Teachers Union President Demands School Remain Closed and Yet Seen Dropping Kid Off at Personal In-Person Preschool. Yeah, yeah. Hypocrisy among these individuals knows no bounds. And uh, that's just the way that it is. It, it doesn't even require any analysis. They talk out of one side of their mouths, and then they do the exact opposite on the other. So, I don't know. That doesn't require any, any brains to fully understand. Pretty, pretty pathetic. This, however, uh, is alarming. And this will be the last thing here. This has to do with Biden's health and human services pick advocating for sex changes for children. This comes from the National Pulse. This video, too, has made its, made its way around uh, Gab pretty well. Probably not Twitter. I would assume it'd be a pretty quick way to get your Twitter account deleted. But, yeah, Dr. Levine's time, it says, quote, Dr. Levine's time as Secretary of Pennsylvania Department of Health. Levine and Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf drew headlines by engaging in a draconian campaign of threats against counties that question state COVID-19 guidelines and wish to reopen their local economies as local businesses fell into despair. It continues, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then there's this lecture that they gave where they were talking about transforming their children. And I'm going to play that now, and it's awful. And it includes a slideshow, which I'll probably pause and then read some of the slides from it. Again, this was back when this man, who thinks they're a woman, uh, was apparently giving a lecture at Franklin and Marshall College. And I'm just going to let their own crazy words speak for themselves. So here we go. There's background music, by the way, which kind of gets in the way of what they're saying. But I'll pause it from time to time and just read what's on the slides. So what if you remember puberty? Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that, wasn't, that, wasn't that a lot of fun? Um, so what if you're going through the wrong What if you're a transgender young woman, meaning male to female, and and now you're getting, you know, your voice is dropping, you're getting bigger, you're getting hair everywhere, and you're growing those tentacles. Um, 
And, and what if you're a transgender young man and now you have breast development experience? It can be terrifying. There's a lot of mental health issues during that time. The previous treatment uh, before these new guidelines came about were, that's when you're 18 and have a nice Basically, there were no medical, there was no medical treatment for individuals that were under 18. So there are new guidelines. These are the new guidelines that are very well accepted by, by uh, healthcare professionals. Uh, they're international guidelines, and most children's hospitals um, will be for, for pre-pubertal children. There is no medical treatment. Well, that kind of makes sense. I mean, they're pre-pubertal, so they don't really have clinical levels of sexual harm, so what medical treatment? So the idea would be to see a counselor or a therapist who is supportive, who has knowledge about these issues, to, um, you know, you can stop seeing me medically, and depending on their age, come see me in a year or two, nothing medical. The first phase in, in the young adolescent age is to give what are called a pubertal plug. Medicine to block the progression of start low doses, you gradually increase so that they never go through the wrong period. That way, for a transgender woman, male to female, they don't have voice doesn't drop, they don't have hair, they don't have electrolysis. For a transgender man, they don't have breast development, they don't have surgery, they don't have periods, etc. So you block puberty and then you can, at the appropriate time, send them through puberty consistent with their gender. If they're under 18 and they're not an emancipated minor, meaning if they're under 18 and they are on the street or they they're completely emancipated from their parents, then you can do treatment. This little boy was great. He said, puberty was awful. My body changed from what I wanted. I grew hair and tentacles. And I went, Johnny, you grew tentacles. You mean testicles? And he went, oh, yeah, yeah, testicles. <laughs> Hilarious. This person belongs in a mental institution. End of story. End of story. This is a human being that is a man dresses like a woman, and advocates for children, children, minors, minors, to engage in swallowing puberty blockers to destroy testosterone and estrogen within their own bodies, and then be legally allowed to engage in surgery to cut their own genitals off without their parents' consent. If you need any other information to understand that this is satanic, perverted, mental illness, and a thousand other things, I can't help you. No one can help you there. If you advocate for this or think this is normal, or even worse, criticize me or anybody else for standing up for children against this monster, then you have a problem. The problem lies with you. End of story. If you're advocating for this, there is something wrong with you. Now, they get into details, of course, which, uh, it's not even... It's not even worth mentioning the stupidity of it because we're talking about we're talking about pretend. We're talking about made up things, the wrong kind of puberty. Remember puberty? That was awful. Well, what if they're having the wrong kind of puberty? He says. And yes, it's a man. I'm going to say he because it's a man. He can pretend woman all he wants. He's a man. So, just like that. What if you're having the wrong kind of puberty? He's implying that a, that, that, that a man, a boy, 
who's going through puberty but thinks they're a female, that what's happening to them biologically is, is wrong. It's the wrong kind of puberty. No, it isn't. It's the right kind of puberty. What's wrong is their mental frame where they think they're a woman, just like the person giving the lecture. This is beyond an abomination. I, uh, I cannot believe that this is happening. I can't believe that somebody like this has made their way all the way up the political framework, so to speak, and that this room is actually packed with people. It's packed with college students, and people are sitting there actually listening to it. There was a Q&A section at the end of their lecture, and I don't know if the entire lecture is online or not. It might be. It probably is somewhere, but... Uh, the first question in the Q&A should have been, yes, I have a question. Why are you not in a mental institution? And how many sexual crimes have you personally engaged in against children? Those should have been the first two questions out of anybody's mouth. And again, why people are even sitting there listening to this is beyond me. Why were they even listening to this lecture? They should have just never even gone or all agreed to go and just stand up and leave. That would have been maybe a little more impactful. I don't know. But it is a sad state of affairs when people believe that abusing minors is the norm and that such behavior is 100% fine. So here's the last story, and this exactly goes along with, unfortunately, just more child abuse and how stupid people actually are. They read one thing, they believe it, and then they'll actually act on it. And the simple fact that there are countless parents out there who just willfully let government tell them how to raise their children and they follow is astounding to me. Um, I don't know. The stupidity of human beings just blows me away. But this too I reposted on my Gab account. It comes from Rouge V, at Rouge V on Gab. And it says, quote, Municipal government in southern Ontario advises parents to quarantine little children in a separate bedroom and make them eat alone if they were potentially exposed to coronavirus. Parents are actually taking the advice. Now, there's, th there's three. This is horrible. This is horrible. There are three, uh, three pictures here, two tweets, and then one, one poster here. The poster comes from Region of Peel, working with you. Uh peelregion.ca slash coronavirus. So it says at the top, COVID-19, what to do if your child is dismissed from school or childcare? If your child does not have any symptoms, does not have any symptoms. Keep that in mind. Does not have any symptoms. There's a picture of a door, a picture of a house, and a picture of a computer, a person behind a computer. So the first one, the picture of the door, it says the child must self-isolate, which means stay in a separate bedroom, eat in a separate room apart from others, use a separate bathroom if possible. If the child must leave their room, they should wear a mask and stay two meters apart from others. It's strongly recommended to test for COVID-19 on or after the date listed in your letter. Then the picture of the house, it says any other children who live in the same address quote, should stay home from school or child care until the child who is a close contact returns to school or child care. 
Next, does not need to self-isolate in a separate room. And finally, should not go out to play with friends or see family who don't live with you. And then the last one, picture the person behind the computer here. It says, adults living at the same address can go to work unless the child develops symptoms or tests positive, should check for COVID-19 symptoms for everyone in the household every day, and healthcare workers should check with their employer about their organization's policies. And at the bottom in red and white, it says, if anyone at home develops symptoms or tests positive for COVID-19, everybody in the home must stay home and should get tested. Do not go to school or work to avoid the risk of spreading COVID-19. Now let's go to Twitter. And this is at my island dreamer on Twitter, Red Island Dreamer. You should bombard this person with tweets, by the way, once you're done hearing it. It says, quote, And so the 14-day isolation begins. Nothing has broken my heart like the sound of my 10-year-old crying while I sit on the other side of the door and tell him 14 days will go quickly. Hoping PH calls so we can get some advice and answers. Hashtag safe schools now. Hashtag small class sizes. Hashtag O-N-T-E-D. Ontario education, maybe. I don't know. That's right. This is a parent who's locked their own child in their own home and is talking through a door to communicate with them. Somebody actually replied to this moron with a a very like-minded and uh, similar practice tweet. This is mom of three at Ali Momo F3. If you're on Twitter, bombard this person too. It says, quote, exactly us too. I have a seven-year-old in isolation downstairs. He keeps messaging me on Facebook Messenger, quote, mommy, I'm lonely, unquote. My five-year-old wrote in his journal entry today that he is sad because his brother isn't here. I set up a baby monitor to let eight-year-old ask for things, five-year-old using it to talk to eight-year-old, unquote. In 2019, not even that far back, in February of 2020, these people would have been reported to Child Protective Services. They would have been arrested and their children would have been taken away from them. That's exactly what would have happened. This abuse of children cannot be normalized any longer. It can't be. And this right here should show everybody that we apparently live in a lawless state. Now, I understand that this is lawless state of mind, I should say. Certainly a lawless country, but this is Canada. And they're even more lawless than we are. But my God in heaven, that right there should just tell you that the stupidity of the human race should never shock anybody. But we have to highlight the absurdity here. We have to. If we're not highlighting the absurdity of some of these individuals that are engaging in these kinds of behaviors, again, from the beginning of this episode all the way through, then then they're going to get away with it. And so we can't let them get away with it. And right now, because apparently we have no laws in this country, this is this is one of the ways that we we get back. This is the one the one of the simple ways that we get even. If they're going to be dumb enough to highlight child abuse as being okay, 
then we have to be strong enough to report on it and highlight them as being the child-abusing criminals that they are. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Don't forget to check out AmericanEducationFM.com where you can make a small donation or even email us and be a guest on the podcast. Until next time, never stop learning, never stop reading, and never stop unlearning. Thanks for listening, and God bless.